from Bregman MD, where we're all about psych solutions. I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. Well, we're back talking about cave syndrome. And doctor, when you coined this term a few months ago, um, you were starting to say uh, or starting to talk about it. But at that point, it was sort of a prediction. I mean, we were seeing people inside their homes reluctant to go out. But now people are getting vaccinated. And so let's talk about it several months later and how you're getting um, a reaffirmation about something, you know, a, a syndrome that, that you came up with, I'd say back in January, right? Well, you know, Linda, this is something very new and exciting in psychiatry. In fact, uh, some may confuse this new anxiety with agoraphobia, an anxiety disorder in which a lot of people feel kind of extreme fear, causing them to avoid places or situations that make them feel embarrassed, helpless, or threatened. So what's happened here is that the pandemic is a new situation, something that psychiatrists didn't see about viruses and talking about agoraphobia or OCD. And there's something new here. And I have seen, I've seen this in my practice with a lot of people, they just can't go out. You know, some people call it that F-O-G-O, fear of going out, or I coined it cave syndrome. And what's happened here is people are like kind of paralyzed in going and afraid to go to daily activities. They can't go to the store. They can't go do anything with this crowds. They can't go to the grocery store. They can't go any place. Right. So. Yeah. And to go back to your uh, agoraphobic description, it, I think you've got it right on. I mean, you know, people have fear of just sheer exposure and, and the crushing pressure of the outdoors, especially the indoors now, because wouldn't that get into a little bit of germophobia too? Well, you know, Linda, it really is a cross between people who are uh, obsessive compulsive. Doesn't mean you have to have the disorder. You just have a lot of traits, you know, of being obsessive compulsive, you know, and we could talk about a lot of ritualistic type behaviors that people do. And with agoraphobia, which is kind of a fear of going to open spaces. But one of the difference here is in agoraphobia, people are afraid at the time. And now people are afraid, oh, I'm going to get contaminated, but then you're going to get sick later. So there's a real difference here, you know, in terms of real agoraphobia. So, so you could see if you are afraid of getting contaminated and you also have some agoraphobia, this fear of going to open spaces, then, and there's a lot of people like this, you could feel like you may be locked in, closed in, you can't go out and you become dysfunctional, you have cave syndrome. Right, I mean, you're not able to, as it's they're calling this now, the big re-entry. You're just seeing a percentage of people that are beyond tentative about it, a tentative about resuming the life they had before the pandemic. I mean, here's a true test. And I see this in some of my neighbors. 
they've been vaccinated since late January, perfectly safe for them to pretty much resume a lot of their normal life. They're still in lockdown. They're in their own self-imposed lockdown. To me, I guess it doesn't make any sense why they just are not coming out. I think uh, because the list of all the reasons or the types of situations are, is big, let's just start with immunizations, okay? Because that's the most uh, obvious to people, okay? In other words, I have friends too. They're totally immunized. I mean, maybe they have some medical issues, but um, I mean, they're, you know, like, you know, Pfizer, even 90, over 95%. And they have every excuse not to even go out, not to go to see their friends. I mean, not to do activities. And this is a real problem. And I did coin that term, cave syndrome. And you know, when I tell my friends about it, they laugh and laugh. And I said, hey, I got a way to, to take care of this. It's graded exposure. We, we talked about that there's a lot of people out there who've been immunized and there's no reason that they shouldn't be venturing out. So uh, I, I think people really would like to know, you know, how do I cope with this thing? And now what happened is I help people to get out by doing it slowly, being exposed slowly to the outside. And in a way with a companion, somebody, a family member or somebody, and making a list and having a good time and talking about it, or, you know, after it happens, until you get used to it. And people are starting to get out that way. Now, people that have panic disorder, that's a whole different story here. Those individuals may need the same thing, but some medical management to help them through. I was reading that there are, there's a method actually called the umbrella method. This is for people that are shut in that suffer from extreme agoraphobia. The umbrella method is again, you know, using your advice about getting someone you trust, a companion to come over with an umbrella. And the umbrella is a mental shield. So you, you, you are under the umbrella and you start to walk outside. Maybe only three steps. Maybe the next time, 10 steps. Maybe the next time you get to the park. But like you said, gradation. And that the umbrella is that extra layer of protection. You know, Linda, exactly. Now, this is what we call behavioral interventions. That's a, a brilliant kind of thing because it's something physical and like protective. Okay. So uh, some training in that behavioral intervention, education about it with a companion. And, you know, you could be doing lots of things. So, I mean, I really like that umbrella idea. Yeah, I think it's a great idea because, you know, as we go farther into vaccinating people, there will be more studies about those who are in a self, uh, you know, imposing shut-in state. And one thing I do know about shut-ins is the longer you stay shut in, the less chances you're ever going to get out. And so, therefore, I think if people are starting to recognize this in themselves or they're in denial and you've got a relative or a friend that you're listening now and you're like, hmm, that sounds like Aunt Jenny, then it's kind of on the onus of the loved one 
to help the one that's shut in to get out. And as soon as they can, because you, I think what's happening is, like I said, the longer you stay in, you know, the longer you're always going to be in. It's just, it's harder to get out then. Okay. The other thing, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding too, of mom isn't wanting to see me and she's been vaccinated and people are getting their feelings hurt. Linda, what you're saying is so right on. You know, people need to raise their center of awareness about this because any problem that goes from acute to chronic, and that's what you're saying, happens a long time. Now we got a bigger problem. So what we really want to do is we want to raise the awareness. And that's what our podcast here is about, that people, your relatives, you know, hey, you got and obviously the people vaccinated are the most you know, suspicious of having a problem because you're vaccinated. And what does that mean we're vaccinated? Really, this is the real science, not the fake science, okay? The real science is the following. If you were vaccinated, your viral load is totally diminished. Oh, wait, doctor, um, excuse me for interrupting, but what is that sound? It sounds like you're in a jungle. Oh, Linda. Uh, Those are the peacocks in my neighborhood. Hold it down, guys, will you? Anyway, if you were vaccinated, your viral load is totally diminished. You don't have a big load of virus. That means you don't get sick yourself, that sick at all, maybe you get a cold. And there's not enough virus because you decreased your virus viral load with the immunization to really give it to anybody else. So that's the real science, okay? And that's where we get into misinformation, Linda. People, I think, really start got to start getting their information from real good sources. That's another part of this. They got to get an, a companion to give you that graded exposure, okay? Practice even some behavioral interventions like the umbrella you know, idea. If you have panic disorder, you certainly need some medical intervention, okay? And um, we could just little by little get people out. Yeah, I really do think so, because I think it's time now for people to slowly reenter the world uh, that they remembered and enjoyed before the pandemic, you know? Absolutely. Hopefully people that are listening understand that let's really at least let's focus on all the folks that were immunized. And if they're not out, let's not let them use their excuses and uh, be a good friend to them, good family to them. I love it. Well, let's turn our focus on to another portion of the population, albeit probably very small, but it is an observation that you are noticing with your, your younger patients, your new moms, that they too are having uh, trouble going out with their babies, being overly protective. Uh, and all of this is understandable. So this is kind of a complicated maybe subject because where do you draw the line to a mother doing her motherly instinct and protecting her newborn from the virus? to a mother that might be over the top to the point of, I don't know, dysfunction? And what would cause that dysfunction? 
This is really scary for the new mom. First, they have a fear of something happening to them, and then the fear of happening something to the to child, because they see the virus as being very infectious. Like, you know, one kid, you know, we had that died six month old of the virus. And now that's gone on to escalate to the, a lot of the new moms are really afraid. You know, like the, the baby is an extension of them. I mean, how much of a risk is it that a baby would get coronavirus? It is really small. That's why the reality has to be really discussed. New moms need to know that the the risk is very small. And if mom herself was immunized and and being out is a good thing, being functional with the new baby is so important. Well, chances are, though, here's the thing. I mean, logistically, right now, since the uh, vaccine just came out, if she's a new mom, she didn't get vaccinated being pregnant. That could be in itself a little bit of a maybe reason to be a little anxious. But the other reason, and I want you to talk about this because I want to remind our listeners that you headed the psychiatry department of a major children's hospital here in Miami. But let's go back into what happens to a woman's system hormonally that affects her mental state sometimes very severely after giving birth and therefore could play a major role in this being frightened of taking baby out. I was the chief of psychiatry for like a decade at Miami Children's and we saw a lot of postpartum depression. Okay, so that's um, a hormonal issue, the way you discuss it, kind of blues, you know, the yeah, uh, baby blues, baby blues. Okay, in its most psychotic form could be extremely dangerous. Okay, a problem. Yeah, that's called psychosis, right? Right, that's psychosis. Okay, thankfully, that's rare. Uh, But the blues is very common in postpartum. And so throughout the years, I've had a chance and now even a lot more to see a lot of moms, you know, that are are suffering, uh, you know, from that. You know, basically you can't be breastfeeding and get psychiatric meds. So one of the things that I have had to deal with uh, many, many times because I'm a real stickler on uh, giving moms who are breastfeeding medicines. I don't believe in it. Um, So um, I uh, have to have discussions with moms uh, about, well, look, you really have a depression, the blues. We need to be treated, but we can't have you breastfeeding. I want you to go home and discuss this with your husband and no decisions now. We got to like really think about this because a lot of moms are really into the into breastfeeding. So we have to be very, very careful with that. And honestly, what I've seen many moms, oh, they discuss it. They think about it and they come back and say, you know, Doc, I'm going to be on the meds. And in terms of practicing all these years and, and understanding you know, child development, the baby knows if you're depressed. Even, you know, little tiny infants, okay? So it's, it's good for mom if she needs to be treated to have medication management, have depression 
uh, alleviated so mom could be a more effective parent. Now, effective also in meaning that they have good reality testing about going out with the baby now with the virus around and feeling they could be safe and protect the baby and have like a, a kind of normal life. If the mother is breastfeeding or and or doesn't want to take meds, here's the thing. Stroller rides in the sunshine is wonderful for the mother. She's getting that great vitamin D. She's getting out. She's getting fresh air. The baby is getting fresh air and she's getting exercise. I mean, exercise is such a great type of medicine for depression. Oh, I love it. Linda, look, I think your suggestion is great. That's why I don't want to help have people make hasty decisions about this. You know, that if they could do things like you're talking about and we could help them with some psychotherapies and they could keep breastfeeding, that's great. Uh, but if it's not possible and, and moms just aren't really doing well at all, uh, I think they really need to make an educated choice about that. Also, even if you don't have severe or any kind of postpartum depressions, there's still a bunch of moms who are very OCD or have anxiety disorder, spectrum disorders, that have some agoraphobia, you know, fear of going out. And they can be very paralyzed about taking the baby who they feel very vulnerable about now out. It's really something that I think I'm glad we're talking about it. It's kind of a, a whole group of people that uh, I hear in the practice that the moms are telling me that a, a lot of moms aren't even as aware, you, you know, about things we're talking about. So well, if we yeah. can raise some awareness. Yeah, awareness and really good tips, because there's always help out there for that. I mean, baby blues have gone, by, let's say, back thousands of years. Right. And so oh, always um, this isn't yes. a new illness and it seems to be exacerbated by the pandemic, of course, like yes. everything else, but yes. there, again, always help out there. And that's why it's so great to talk to you every week. Thank you oh, so much. You're welcome. And look, for everybody out there uh, next week, we're going to have some other segments on different populations uh, who have been greatly affected you know, by going out now in the post-pandemic era. Yeah, I love it. Well, let's keep talking about healthy re-entry because re-entry is healthy. <laughs> yes, it is healthy. We're going to promote re-entry. All okay? right. Well, Take I care. love talking to you. Have a great week. Bye-bye. You too, Linda. Bye-bye now. From Bregman, MD, you've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. If you'd like more information or to speak to one of our top psychiatrists, just head to our website at BregmanMD.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. Hope you've enjoyed our latest podcast. Catch you next time.